Hey, so my church, this is Kent, and I'm back here for another mini pod here uh, in the midweek during COVID 19. And today I want to both reintroduce to many of you and to lead through silent prayer or contemplative prayer. Now, you have heard, if you've been around Soma, that we talk a lot about our spiritual formation series, but the very first series we ever did was a series in silence and solitude and Sabbath. And even though it's the first spiritual formation series we did, because we was one we recognized maybe is needed more in our culture, those those disciplines more than anything, it's probably, I would guess, most likely the one you have not done. Because particularly with silent prayer, like you just really don't know what you're doing. And so a lot of people are just like, yeah, that sounds great for the monks, but I'm out. And I realize that if that's the case, this is a perfect opportunity in the midst where maybe the pace of life for you has just gotten faster because uh, people got laid off at your work and you have all their responsibilities and less pay or whatever, in which case uh, we are both praying for you as well as working on our benevolence for you. Um, but maybe... It's a situation where you have a little bit more time and a little bit more space, and instead of filling that with Netflix or instead of filling it with um, just getting house projects done, maybe take some time right now uh, with me to to practice silent prayer. Um, again, we just don't have a lot of categories for this. I taught on this over a year ago now because uh, I was compelled by I think uh, the a book by Jonathan Merritt. He talks about. In Western spirituality, we typically think of practicing our faith by making noise to God or before God. Like we say a prayer or we sing a song or we hear a sermon or we have a spiritual conversation. Where the Bible is actually written by Eastern spiritualists and an Eastern spiritual practice of faith and nearness of God is often expressed in silence and stillness. That's why you get things like Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am the Lord. Or you get Lamentations 326, it is good to wait quietly when silence for deliverance from the Lord. And the rest of the world right now is seeing the benefit of this. Uh, mindfulness is often how this is probably referred to uh, in a secular event or maybe in a, a, a Eastern spiritual non-Christian event. Um, though that's definitely a a Christian way to refer to it as well and there's all sorts of books and apps like 10% Happier um, which I actually have benefited from I think there's a lot of common grace and uh, I believe is it Joseph Cook who is the uh, teacher who goes along with 10% Happier the guy who authored the book uh, to teach on it uh, regardless uh, he is I think really really good and really uh, he's got a very soothing voice too much more soothing than mine every time I hear these recordings I think I hate my voice like the rest of the world. Either way, um, it is, uh, yeah, a real common grace and really helpful. In fact, I borrowed some of kind of like the format to how I'm going to lead through this from uh, from how, again, I should have gotten his name, Joseph something, uh, Cook, I'm thinking, but I'm not 100%, uh, leads through that. Either way. But yeah, the world is getting into the mindfulness trend because they recognize, hey, there's just something about it. I mean, the t idea of 10% happier is that those who practice mindful meditation 
on a regular basis uh, find themselves r ranking their own happiness 10% higher than before they started doing it. And so it might be just the key to becoming 10% happier. And if anybody's offering out 10% happy points, let's, I, I'm on board, I'm picking that, and I think you would too. And I think maybe it's that the world is onto something, particularly in the idea of just theologically what's going on here is if we are all made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, and regardless of if we are a believer or not, we are made in God's image, then many times what it is to connect with him, to be in his presence, to slow down, to be still and know that he is the Lord, that is just to quiet the mind, quiet the spirit, quiet the wants, and experience him. And if you are a believer, if you are filled with the spirit, then yeah, even more so, we are compelled to take time to slow down and experience the spirit within us. And so it's a practice of not I need more and more and more pleasure experience dopamine, but it's rather sitting in I have enough. And I have to do this all the time. Um, this has been a big practice for me. Uh, just in the world of Enneagram, I often say I'm a Enneagram 7, which is true, I, but I'm actually kind of like more like a 74 or a 47, meaning uh, like I'm equal parts number seven and four, which is, I don't know, it may be weird. It's just, I'm really happy until I'm sad. And then I'm sad that I'm so happy and I'm happy that I'm so sad. And regardless, that sevenness, there's this often, the Enneagram seven is a desire, this restless need for more. And sometimes when I'm feeling that, like I'm just like, oh, I wanna watch something else. I wanna eat something else. I wanna experience something else. I wanna hear a different song. I wanna move. I, sometimes I'm like, Maybe I actually need to just take some time and rather pursuing the need for more, I will just sit in a moment of having enough. And so, uh, again, I'm going to leave you through this right now. So uh, you can either pause this for later if you're not in a place to practice this right now. But if you are, I invite you to, uh, you're going to need a couple things to do this. It's okay if you haven't done this before. Um, really, there's no way to do this wrong. And um, yeah, by just doing it and just by experiencing it, that is kind of what we're going for. So um, the first thing that you're going to need is just a good environment for this. Uh, now, contrary to what some people might say or think, I don't think you actually need to have like a perfectly controlled environment, meaning you don't have to have everything silent and, and no buzzes or no turning on of the air conditioner. In fact, I think there's something to silent prayer, which is just accepting that God is in control of all things, including every little thing in your house that buzzes or beeps or a uh, car that goes by. And so I think you can, I think, I mean, generally you should not be in a place where, you know, death metal music is going to be playing at any given moment um, or babies screaming uh, at a given moment that, I mean, maybe you'll need all the more if, during the midst of the baby screaming, but still, I mean, if you can, yes, generally an environment that is peaceful um, and, and, and generally undisturbed, but at the same time, not not pristine, not without the world around it, because I think there's an idea to just, I'm going to accept the noises, I'm going to accept the people that come in and out, I'm going to accept what is happening around me, uh, versus I'm going to try to control it. I'm going to let God control it. And so uh, having a good environment is good. If you want a higher level of control, you can get earplugs. Uh, I always have some on me, my bag, or uh, around my house, because I have four children, and I like to do this practice. And so, um, and I like to sleep. So uh, either way, I, I have those with me, but a lot of times I use them, sometimes I don't, because I just want to accept where it says control. 
So you need a good environment, you also need good posture. Um, and when I say this, that doesn't mean like you need straight posture. Uh, some people, again, are gonna say like, you know, straight dignified posture is best, and that's not a bad thing. And I think if, you, if that's good and comfortable for you, then go ahead and do it. Uh, but I think I would, ex, uh, or I would err more on not as much straight and dignified as comfortable. So what is a comfortable posture? That for me includes lounging back in a chair uh, or even lying down. And I know some people are like, uh, kid, if I lie down and quiet my mind in silence and breathe slowly, uh, there's no way I'm not sleeping through this whole, whole shindig. And I would say to you, uh, that's okay, that is fine. In fact, if your body is tired and your mind is tired enough that doing this causes you to sleep, then you need that sleep. And so I actually sometimes will set a timer, you know, like if I'm gonna, if I'm wanting to maybe sit in silence for 10 to 20 minutes, I'll set a timer for 25 or 30 minutes. Um, and maybe I'll set it for 20, but you know, I'll, I'll set it like some point either to the point I want to or slightly beyond that. Um, because if I do fall asleep, um, that's, yeah, that's what it's meant to be. And, uh, and God has given me that sleep and he's gracious to me in that. And so uh, if you do this every day for a year and just get a 20-minute nap every time, no more the science of sleep says. Uh, that's hard to get out of the, the REM hole. But if you just do it and get a 20-minute nap each time, then you are actually doing this exercise. You are, you are silently waiting for the Lord. And um, in, after a while, if you catch up on your sleep and you're actually able to sit in presence uh, awake and alert, then also good. So... Um, Environment, posture, and then the last thing you're going to need is an anchor. Um, and an anchor is just something to continue to return your mind to. So it could be something like a prayer word is often in some traditions used. Um, a prayer word can be just a single word like um, the word peace or the word father or the word love. Um, and this is not necessarily a word that you're trying to like think about and like think about all the facets of God or about the world or your life that it makes you think of. It's really, it, the word is less important. It's just like, it should be a word that's like, hey, I, I feel invited to this word. This word kind of invites me into the presence of God. But again, I'm not trying to focus on that word. I'm just trying to use that as, as a little bit of an anchor for the roving hawk that is the American mind. And so it could be a word. It could be a, a, a verse. It could be be still and know that I am God. And on the breathe in, be still and know. And on the breathe out, that I am God. And some people like that because like the breathing in and out has different words and it kind of leads you through the breath. Um, it could be a visual anchor. It could be, uh, you could take a candle, light a candle and stare at the flame. There's a reason why at a bonfire, everybody's attention gazes towards the flame because it is a good anchor to just anchor you and kind of keep you present in that moment and uh, so lighting a candle and having a visual anchor can be beneficial or you could have a physical anchor you could um, use the physical sensation of touch I know a pastor in town who practices silence and solitude regularly and he says he has grooves worn into his dining room table where he sits every morning and just rubs the grain of the wood back and forth and now it's just slowly gripped uh, dug finger groups into the table uh, as he has formed himself into the image of Jesus in that way. Uh, it could be your breath. It could be just the sensation of feeling your breath go in and go out. And I'm actually going to lead this um, with breath as an anchor. Um, but again, you can use any of those things and the same thing applies. Um, and 
class before we get started, uh, I know there's a sense of like, well, what if my mind wanders? And that's like a big concern about the mind wandering. And that's completely normal and happens all the time. And um, is really kind of, I mean, when you're doing something as simple as thinking about a word or a breath or something, focusing on that, your mind is complex of a system as it is. It's going to naturally wander to other things and to hop on these trains of thought. And sometimes it's going to hop off in a minute and sometimes it's going to five or 20 minutes pass and all of a sudden you hop off. And all of that is okay. In fact, what you, I'd encourage you to do is to, once you hop off, delight in the awareness that has returned to you rather than uh, beating yourself up over the moment of being on the train. Because again, it's normal. It's just delight and hey, God has given me awareness and presence back. And simply begin again. That's the most important phrase that you can do or think about is just simply begin again. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Again, if you want to pause this bits later, you can do so now. Okay. Uh, Let's take this time now to find a comfortable posture. Again, if that is settling into a chair, or if that is lying down, if that is up and dignified, or if that is back and relaxed. And take a moment to settle into sitting. Finding something that's comfortable and not tense. And gently close your eyes. Consciously relax or soften your eyes. Relax your jaw, your shoulders, your belly. Become aware of sitting in the presence of God. God's spirit holds the world together. He holds each molecule together. So he is holding this moment and you in this moment. Feel the breath moving in and out of your mouth or through your nostrils. Feel your chest or abdomen rising. spirit is this same idea and similarly the human spirit the human breath is where your experience is present this is not a breathing exercise but an exercise in presence or presentness so allow your breathing to find a natural rhythm. 
breathe in and experience this presence. And breathe out and experience this presence. Again, your mind wandering is natural. And as soon as you become aware that you're lost in a thought, gently redirect towards your presence, God's presence, to your prayer word, to the visual anchor, to the physical anchor, your breath. Slowly open your eyes. Take a moment to prayerfully thank God for allowing you to experience Him in this moment. So some of you, again, that's the first time you've participated in that. Um, you can go much longer than that, but you don't have to go any longer than that. There's no way to do this wrong. Simply the experience of being in God's presence is what we're going for. So I hope this has been helpful, and I hope that whether practicing this again on a regular basis or other ways of practicing spiritual formation, we as a church can continue to be a non-anxious presence in our world, especially right now. All right, see you later.